Welcome to Growing Your Dental Business, hosted by dental business coach and author, Penny Reed. This podcast is the ultimate resource to sharpen your focus and accelerate your results, ultimately leading to more profit at the end of every month. Here's your host, dental business coach, Penny Reed. Welcome to the Growing Your Dental Business podcast. I'm Penny Reed, your host, and I am super excited about today's guest, uh, Lindsay. And you guys are going to laugh because I get to work with Lindsay pretty much on a daily basis. And I was about to completely mess up your last name, Lindsay. But pronounce your last name for me. It is Barrera. Barrera. Yeah, it was. Yes. It's fancy. You know, she it has is. a fancy last name Barrera instead of Reed. So um, Lindsay's personality is as fancy as her last name. Uh, Lindsay is joining me today to talk about scheduling for success. And, And let me tell you guys a little bit about Lindsay from what I know about Lindsay. There are people that work in dentistry and, and they like it. And then there are people that work in dentistry and they love it. And it's not just that they say that they love it. Like you hear it in the tone of their voice. I mean, it's, it's just evident. And that's Lindsay. Like Lindsay, I would imagine when you meet people and they find out that you work in dentistry, that you're the kind of person that has them go, I don't know what it is that you do, but if that's what makes you um, be so passionate and excited about what you do, I want to learn more about that. So super excited, um, Lindsay, to have you with us today. And uh, just, yeah, tell us a little bit about how you got your start in the dental field. Sure. So I got started in the dental field when I was 17. I was pretty young. I started working at Castle Dental, which is a corporation. There's a lot of offices. I was really terrified because I was just doing part-time front office while I was a senior. Um, And I didn't know that dentistry was for me at that time, but I knew I loved talking to patients. I love talking to people almost too much, Penny. I can be too much sometimes, but I'm, I'm still trying to be positive all the time regardless. So I noticed when patients would come in, like I loved the transition from like needing help to getting help to fixing their smile. I just loved it from start to finish. And I was like, man, this is something I really wanted to do. So right after high school, um, rather than just jumping into college and going that route, I'm like, you know what? I really want to build like my customer service. I really want to get to know people and kind of want to expand So then I was like, I'm going to move to private practices. So then at 18, I started doing that um, and just fell in love with dentistry. I've been in it for almost 20 years. I love everything about it. I love the patient care. Um, I love everything we stand for as far as oral health and treatment. And I love the success. And the success is all the way around, whether it's with scheduling patients, getting people in, the treatment from start to finish. I just love it. I think it's a great place to be. And I feel like um, we're not often talked about as much as medical, but it's so important to know about dental health, all the benefits all the way around. Um, so I just love it. Well, it's awesome. And it's evident for sure. And and what a what a refreshing take on dentistry because, well, especially since COVID, right? And if you're on sure, Facebook absolutely. and absolutely. different groups like that, there are a lot of people right now that don't love dentistry. And so we're, we're here to tell you not, not the main focus of today's episode, uh, but there's a lot of reasons to love dentistry, right? And, uh, and, and we hope that you'll love it even more uh, by the end of today's conversation. So uh, Lindsay, now you work full-time, right? With, with E-Assist. I do, which is and the best for, decision I ever made. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And so E-Assist, uh, this is now an E-Assist podcast uh, because I also work for E-Assist. I believe we talked about that in the 
uh, previous episode. And so Lindsay was, was full schedule. I just want to talk a little bit about that service and then sure. get to the tips that we can offer to practices that sure. uh, for scheduling in-house, but was, was full schedule your idea and um, or, or partly your idea. And then tell us a little bit about how the, the, the thought for the service came about and what it is. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. So full schedule, it's a premier scheduling service that eAssist offers. I feel really strongly about scheduling. I feel like it's a heartbeat of every practice. I feel really like admin and front office, although people say anybody can do it, you really need a special person to be able to call on the schedule and to be able to work with patients. I feel like we're the first people you see, the last patients you see, the first people you hear on the phone about the office. So with full schedule, Dr. Willis, Dr. Warren Willis actually came up with it and had asked me if I was interested in beta testing. And of course I was like, sign me up. Where's my contract? But really I was so excited. And Dr. Willis was like, you know, we really want someone who's going to do it hundred percent through like loves talking to patients. And I'm like, look, this is great. This is what every dental office needs. They need that source. Who's going to be the dependent person to work on the schedule and to help the front office focus on all their daily tasks that they need to without compromising patient care. So I beta tested for five months and the results were dramatic in a matter of five months. I had four offices, um, almost 400 appointments were scheduled and that was still COVID when that was happening. So then we decided, you know what? We really need to go forward with this because there's so many personalities out there that are doing other parts of ESIS. Like, let's bring them on. Let's get them involved with talking to patients. And so now we're able to offer it as a complete service. Um, we have great clients. We've been really successful. We're always happy to talk to new doctors and staff. And so when it comes to scheduling, whether it's calling or texting, we are personalization to a T. You tell us what you want, we get it done. That's awesome. Yeah, I think of it like uh, you say premier concierge level scheduling. So absolutely, uh, absolutely. So in the show notes on the website, I'll have the link. But if you do want to learn more, we're getting ready to shift into tips that you can use in your office. If you do want to learn more, you can go to dentalbilling.com and then click on services and you will see full schedule on there and, and think of it as a, uh, a, a team member, right? It's an extension of your absolutely. team that's not physically present in your office that is working to fill your schedule. Absolutely. It's fantastic. So let's talk about, um, you know, from your experience and your perspective, if an office is to schedule for success, what are some of the primary things that they should focus on and what tips do you have? Sure. So a lot of things I always tend to focus on um, from beginning to end is patient care. I always want to make sure that when somebody comes in, obviously a dental office is not their favorite place to come, but I always want to make sure when they come in from when they first enter, you've got a great front desk staff. I mean, you've got people who are happy, smiling, happy to be there. I feel it really sets the tone for how the appointment's going to go. You know, I think from the dental assistant, from the doctor, obviously everything makes the machine, if you will, work. But the people who need to greet them when they first come in, hey, this is what we're doing today. Let's get you um, in the back seated. I think it makes a difference and it works wonders. Um, the other thing is, is when you're doing treatment and you're in chair side treatment, I always encourage offices 
try to get treatment done in the same day. Like when you're doing recall appointments or new patient appointments, you save so much time from the patient having to come back. If you just add maybe an extra 10 or 15 minutes to an appointment, if you know treatment needs to be done, you know, kind of prepare and tell the assistant, hey, let's have you on standby. If Lindsay wants to do her crown, I'm happy to get it done. I feel like when you give them the option of, you know what, it's important to get this completed, let's get it done today and I have time to do it you're going to get another huge success. Um, Another tip that I think a lot of people kind of tend to forget, which is understanding with COVID is social media marketing. I feel like I've been into some offices where um, their social media is not updated and I'll have patients that tell me, oh, I didn't even know you guys reopened because I looked on Facebook and there wasn't a notice or anything. And I feel like in today's um, market and obviously everything else that's going on, it's thriving. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, those constant posts, even if you're not in the office, they're going to help whether you're accepting new patients, whether you're offering specials. It's a quick, easy way to prevent them from calling and just being able to look you up on the internet and see what you offer. Um, That's a huge one. I feel is something that a lot of people can work on and it's free. It's your, it's your Facebook post. Just kind of let, make it be known that you're open and ready. Um, another thing is I always tell people like front office girls that ask me for advice. If people call to schedule for new patient appointments, even if you're not accepting new patients, even if you don't accept their insurance, take the extra step to kind of have that patient care. Like I always, when I call offices and I say, are you accepting new patients? They say, no, I'm thinking, oh, is, is the conversation over? Like you just, I'm like, wow. Okay not going to them. It's so different than saying, you know, we're not accepting new patients at this time, but let me get your number down. I'd be happy to call you when we start opening up more um, and getting more patients established. There's little tips and tricks to do, and that works wonders with scheduling. I think something that is often forgot about in the office is when um, a patient says, can I wait on this treatment? Do I have to get it done? We never want to tell a patient, well, sure, you can wait on that crown or, yeah, I guess you can wait a year or so. You want to encourage them the importance. Obviously, dental health is very important, but in the big picture, a lot of your actual health, your medical health has to do with dentistry. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, um, but it really does. And so I think people that wait on treatment, if you encourage them, look, this really helps all the way around. I think it makes a world of difference. Absolutely. Well, so there will be so many things that I can go back and, and, and cover with what you shared. One, <laughs> one of the essences that, that I picked up uh, overall, because I think when we, when we think about filling the schedule, we tend to leap straight forward into tactics, right? Absolutely. Well, what, what are the tactics? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the, the essence of, of what you, what you were saying and what I'm hearing is, is that your passion for patient care overrides your fear of being rejected. Absolutely. Right. And, 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 and I know, you know what I'm talking about, but in case there's one person tuning in that doesn't, I'll, I'll expound on that for them. And it is that when people say, well, does this have to wait or, or whatever that whole reason is where we're so afraid we're going to upset or offend them as long as we're coming from that place of patient care. And and when your conviction, uh, right, when your passion and your conviction about their health and their well-being is it even exceeds the desire to fill the schedule. Right. That's that's when the magic happens. Right. That's when 
that's when increasing the number of phone calls or increasing the social media posts to increase Absolutely. the incoming phone calls. So if, if you get nothing else out of this session, and I, I believe, and, and Lindsay, I, I would, would love to hear your thoughts. Sure. Um, I believe that anyone can do anything that they put their mind to. Absolutely. Right? I Absolutely. also believe that for some people, it's more natural to some people are people, people, and some people are more task people. Right. Um, with, with our conversation that we're having today, you'll be more successful if you're a people, people. Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, sure. so not that that can't be coached, right. But there are definitely certain team members that have more of that knack for persuasion. They're, they're people, people. Uh, and, and I, I believe too, going back to one of the first things that you said is talking about loving your job. And when I've trained offices or given lectures, I'll say the best, when we're talking about phone skills, Mm -hmm. the very best marketing tool that you can have when your team members are picking up that phone is that they love their job. Absolutely. It's 100% true. You never want to hire just by filling the chair. You want to fill it with somebody who's going to give you proven results. And that's from greeting, from scheduling, to helping, to being a team player. Like It's just like any phone call you get. You are more than likely to schedule or go through with whatever appointment it is when somebody on the other line is understanding, personable, you know, kind of talking back and forth with you about the process. And it's just like you said with treatment, they're so caught up with what treatment is needed and you're just there to talk about money. That's what the patient thinks in their mind. I'm you're here to get the money. You want to get paid. Okay, let's get it scheduled. You really need to let them know, although it is X amount, let me tell you why you need it. Let me tell you what the importance is. I know the doctor talked about it, but let's reiterate the importance of really why the treatment needs to be done. Well, you know, I can get you scheduled. We can even work around your schedule. I think that I've always told my girls um, that I've worked with, I've always said, don't think of it as another dollar sign. Don't think of it. You know, you never want that impression for the patient to be like, they just want my money. You want them to be like, they really care because that's their job to care. You definitely don't just want staff members that need a job or want a job. You want staff members that are going to be through and through 100% about you, your patients, the care that you give and the reception that you get back. Absolutely. And there's, there's, there's not a way to fake that, right? If you're going through the motions, the patients can pick up on it for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so what, how important is it? And you were talking about looking for opportunities for additional treatment. What are some, sure. some tips or strategies that you recommend when you are boots on the ground in the office and the, you know, the patient calls you or you call them to be fully aware of, of all of the patient care that they need Are yeah. is it only that they are past due for their recommended uh, hygiene visit, right? How, right? how do you go about teaching team members to look at the full picture and then what conversation to have with the patient when you make that phone call? Sure. So that's a great question. So especially with this year's a little bit different because it's COVID, we're getting back into the swing of things. You want to encourage patients to get back in the office. So I always tell an office off the bat, I'm like, look, hygiene is the pipeline to every practice, especially now. People have not been in for a year, almost a year and a half. There's probably so much underlying treatment that has developed or treatment that was already diagnosed that hasn't been taken care of. 
we need to get those patients reestablished. So I encourage offices when they contact me, I would start with all your hygiene first, get all your hygiene patients back in and or people that you had to cancel or reschedule from when COVID was happening work from January, 2020 to now definitely reestablish that care, but also have somebody else in the office work on treatment, whether it's focusing on one type of treatment. I know sometimes um, some offices will say, well, just kind of fill it with whatever you can just kind of get a patient in. I always encourage them work from the from the top and then work your way down. Start with crowns, start with implants, like get the people that really need the important treatment, although all treatment is important. The ones that need the big treatment to be completed that have really waited maybe longer than they needed to. Um, and you don't want people that with fillings that now they've developed into something bigger um, mm -hmm. or offices that have specialists. I always encourage them re reach out to the referrals. If you refer a patient, don't just let it go and never talk to the patient again. Make sure they have the endo. Make sure they have the oral surgery. Get him back in. Let's finish the treatment. So there's lots of ways to hit it from. But I feel like the first point I always say is. Hygiene is the pipeline. That's the way to get the ball rolling um, rather than just calling them and say, hey, Penny, you need to come in for your crown treatment. You approach it and say, hey, Penny, we miss you. We're finally back in the office. We'd love to get you taken care of. Okay, how about next week? How about tomorrow? Develop that care and let them know that you're happy to see them. You want to see them. And it's going to do wonders. Hygiene will turn into treatment. Treatment will turn into happy patients. Happy patients equals happy doctors. Happy doctors equals happy offices. So it's all the way around how it works. I love it. I love it. Okay. So this is not a dental thing that I'm about to say here, but, but I think, I think of um, Dale Carnegie. Uh, I used to be a Dale Carnegie trainer and there was a little pamphlet in the back of one of, uh, of, of the training manual. And it talked about this. Uh, we're talking about scheduling the secrets to scheduling success, mm -hmm. uh, but it talked about the secret of success is enthusiasm. And that, I mean, we've talked about passion, but hearing you and, and how, what you would say when you call a patient is so different than where, unfortunately, I would say 80% of team members shift to, right? Sure. We, we, you know, we've, and I've done it like back when I was in the dental office years ago, I would do it. It was like, Hey, this is Penny. I'm calling from Dr. Rhymes office. You know, we haven't, it's, we haven't seen you, but it was more robotic, even though it wasn't that flat. Right, uh, but but right. coming at it, you know, from a relationship standpoint, so important. And the enthusiasm is contagious. If you're enthusiastic about the patient coming in Absolutely. to the practice, they're going to be more Absolutely. enthusiastic about coming in. That's awesome. Uh, so tell me, tell me in your opinion, the importance of and, and how you also work in, um, because I know you more than likely you did it when you were in the dental practice and now with working on full schedule, how important is it to have the ability to be able to text patients as a way to get them on the phone? And let me just say, we mean HIPAA compliant texting, Absolutely. right? Not team Absolutely. members texting from their personal cell phone. So um, <laughs> how important is that? And then how do you recommend that, that um, offices blend the two, the texting and the phone? Sure. So the biggest thing I would say is on the new patient paperwork, make sure you have an item or on the updated um, patient history, if they prefer call or text. I always like to know, because I feel like if you know, it sets the bar from how they want to be contacted in the future. Texting, I feel is almost more important now than ever than calling. 
People will normally tell us when we call, hey, I'm at work, can you text me? Or, hey, I'm, I'm at a game, can you text me? Or, hey, I'm at a doctor's appointment, can you text me? And it, we're a technical world. I mean, talking about social media, texting is completely the way people prefer to get in contact. Um, if it's not email, it's going to be a text. So same thing with full schedule. When we text patients, obviously everything is HIPAA compliant. Um, but we really show them like, hey, you know, we have our, our spiel of what we need to say or what the office prefers us to say. The response is really great. I feel like some patients say, can you call me? Can we talk about this over the phone rather than texting? You're like, yeah, let me give you a call. What time works best for you? But I think the way you also approach in texting, if you get a robotic text, like Lindsay, you are due for an appointment, call us to schedule. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's fine. I'll, I'll call when I can. But if you get a text, that's like, Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Penny. Hope you're doing so great. We're back in the office. I was reviewing your chart. I know we need to get you back in. When are you available next week? We'd love to make it happen to where you get in. I think lingo is so important, but it's so forgotten when texting or calling. Like you said, it's, you know, texting is not verbal. So they don't know that I have a great personality, even though I do, but they don't, <laughs> they don't know that. They just know that I'm just another person texting from the office but you can come across enthusiastic. Even if you're not one to be happy and bubbly, you can send a text message and that patient could think you are wonderful. And even though you probably are wonderful, but maybe you're not as enthusiastic, they're never going to know, but they like the lingo because it makes them feel like you care and you do care. I think that texting, calling, they're, they're so even with importance, whichever way you want to get in contact. But since everything is moving towards a technical, um, like procedures, technical texting, like email, it's like kind of go above and beyond than the normal, hey, let's get you in. Like, or right. hey, did you call us for an appointment? The lingo is really important as well. Absolutely. Well, and, and one of the reasons that I brought that up is um, occasionally I have heard, well, Right. We've got weave, right? Or we have solution reacher or fill in the blank with your sure. flavor of HIPAA compliant texting. And they're like, Penny, it's not working. I'm like, well, right. what do you mean it's not working? Well, I text them and then they want me to call them. I'm like, that means it's working. That means it's working. <laughs> right? I mean, there may come a day where we're not getting them on the phone, but, but to me, in many cases, the texting is a tool it's, it's the tool to connect with them, right? If they oh, want absolutely. to talk to you, great, right? Absolutely. Uh, but I've, I I've, all, I've thought that was funny because you're like, that's not working. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what in the world could not be working about it? And I've heard that multiple times. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, expect that, right? That's And, yeah. and then I think it's so important too, to lead in, maybe not how would you text your best friend, right? You might have right. some secret code like, what up, you know? I know, <laughs> uh, but, but to say, make it a personal level, you know, Hey, uh, Lindsay, it's Penny from Dr. Smith's office. How are you? Right. I never haven't talked to you in a while. How's it going? Absolutely. And, and lead in that way versus the, like, what's your, Hey, you're due for a hygiene appointment. Can I schedule yeah. you? Absolutely. It's, it's a world of difference. And I think that, you know, in some offices, if you're a long time employee, even if you're not clinical notes, you look at clinical notes. When was their last trip. How many children do they have? How many people are on the chart? I, I would be like, Hey, Penny, um, like if you have three kids, how's child A, B, C, and D, are they virtually learning? I wanted to check up on you guys. I haven't talked to you in a while and we'd love to get all of you scheduled. There's just so many opportunities to show that extra 
careness that you really don't get um, when you're physically like face to face all the time because they're mm-hmm. so in and out. They're ready to go in and out, which is why we love full schedule because we want to make sure that the front office can focus on what they need to, which is answering the phones, greeting face to face. And we kind of take that pressure off because I think people forget that calling and texting patients is so important. Um, I know that some offices prefer to wait to have patients come in or they don't use third party services, which is okay. But I feel like it's a empty like space of all these patients that you can reach that are often forgotten about that you kind of just need to, to get them reel them back in. So right. it's so important. Yeah, I agree. And anything that you can do to help free up the focus in the office, which um, uh, leads me to think of another scheduling tip um, that I would love to have your opinion on. How do, what do you recommend for the uh, administrative team members in the practice? Like what verbal skills or strategies so that patients Every patient leaves the office with their next appointment, whether it's hygiene or whatever that next treatment appointment is. So um, how would you how would you train that? What would be a tip or two there? Sure. So some of the lingo, probably one of the biggest ones is I tell people don't ever say no. If somebody needs an appointment on a certain day or time, don't ever say no. Even if you know the appointment is not there, say, you know what, Penny? I'm going to see what I can do for you. Let me see if I can make it work. How about I call you this afternoon? And if it doesn't work, we'll look for something else. I think the effort is being made, but at the same time, I tell them, don't let them walk out of the door. So for example, in that aspect, I'll say, Hey, Penny, I don't know that that have this available. Let me talk to the doctor and see what I can do, but let's get you scheduled for my first opening that I see right now. And then hopefully I can move you up sooner into that spot you're wanting. I think it's such a difference than saying, no, I don't have it. And they're like, well, I'm going to have to call. And then you say, okay, well, we'll wait for your call. You always leave it open-ended to like, well, you're going to do the research to see if it can be done, but if it can't, let's put you in here so we have something on the schedule. Um, Another tip that I always tell people is never use the words um, booked or overbooked or already full. Um, I always want, you know, it's good for patients to know how busy you are, but I don't want them to ever feel that I don't have time for them. We don't have time for them. We can definitely make it work and use a lingo that isn't saying, I'm sorry, we're full. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I always um, would tell girls when we would train them for front office or for, for management positions, I would always say, don't ever make the patient feel like you're not interested, like smile, like even if you're not smiling, like, like a crazy person, just make sure and, and speak to them as if you're talking to your friend or your family member, like help them. Cause they're probably thinking, oh my God, I have to schedule all this treatment. How am I going to do this with all my kids? The other thing I tell people is if they say, well, I don't have a babysitter. I, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to watch my, bring my kids with me. I would always tell them, like, go the the little above and beyond. Say, hey, like, we've got a lot of girls here. We'll be happy to keep them occupied while you're back there. Whatever gets the treatment completed and makes them feel like, wow, like, they really care about getting me back in. I just, I always tell people, never make it feel like you're not trying to help them through and through. Because they're going to read you, regardless if you're, happy, sad, upset. Um, you don't want to make it awkward to where it's like, okay, I need to get out of this situation right now. This girl is not friendly. So I always tell them like, even if you're having the worst day, 
put your face on. <laughs> like You are here to provide awesome results. Don't let them know anything is happening. Um, I've heard some girls say like when a patient says, oh, how's your day? And they're like, oh, I've had such a bad day. I had to do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You never tell a patient what's going on in your personal life. If you're having a bad day, the focus needs to be on them. Hit it back. Be like, I'm awesome. But how are you? How was your appointment? There's always a way to pivot. Um, and I always encourage the girls and guys, whoever's working front office to make sure that that patient feels like they are top of the tier from the time they walk in to the time they're doing a checkout to the time they walk out of the door. They're like, oh my God, my dental office is so awesome. Go see them five stars. So it makes a world of difference and it helps all the way around. Absolutely. I, and and I'm, I'm just remembering back, even though it was a really long time ago, bouncing a baby carrier, bouncing a baby, right? <laughs> For somebody feeding a baby, doing other things that we don't really want to talk about on the podcast <laughs> that are sometimes necessary for a baby so couple, coloring pages. So, and it really does show your patients that you, it that does. you care about them and that they're it more does. than, uh, more than just a, a rear end to sit in the chair and have their mouth Absolutely. worked on. So uh, that, that is, that is so awesome. Um, how important, uh, and this is going a little bit beyond the administrative area, how important is the handoff from the clinical team to the administrative sure. team in having success with getting the patient's next operative appointment scheduled? Great question. So I always encourage people be cross-trained. If you're an assistant, make sure you know how to schedule appointments too. It's so nice if you are in the chair, the doctor has just talked about the treatment and then you get them scheduled because then when you kick off to me, I'm all about financial, but the appointment's been made. Obviously, once I talk about financial, I'll talk about financial op option, things of that nature. I think that the, the pivot is so important because it can really, I, I mean, honestly, it's 50-50. It could go really great or it can go really bad. They could pivot and be, okay, I need to get this scheduled. Let's get it done. And they could go to a front staff member that's like, I'm going to need to call you to get your appointment scheduled. Like, I'm just really, I'm really busy right now. The phones aren't working. I'm going to need to call you. And then you've lost the patient. The patient is not going to call back for weeks or months to get scheduled. So I always encourage to cross train to make that pivot a lot easier. Like, hey, Lindsay, I already have Penny's appointment scheduled for this day. If you can just go over financial arrangements, then she'll be good to go. They're liking that. They're liking it. One, two, three, it's done. Um, the pivot is super, super important. I believe that also I always call um, paperwork sometimes the forgotten checkout because they'll put it in a basket or they'll put it next to somebody thinking like, okay, I know they know this is a checkout. And then the patient comes up 20 minutes later and is like, I've been waiting to get checked out. Like, do you know what's going on? It's a huge flag. Make sure you are constantly contacting. I encourage instant messenger within an office. So you never bring a patient up until you know there is a specific person that will be checking them out. I never want to have any of our dental assistants when I was in an office come up front and say, can somebody check out my patient? Um, is there somebody to check out my patient? Who's available? Is anyone available? Because they're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> this is so uncomfortable. Chaotic. So, yeah. yeah. So I always tell them, have a point of contact. Or if you're in operatories, say, hey, Lindsay, you're going to do checkouts for op one to three. Penny, you're going to do checkouts for op four to six. Have a game plan. That's what your morning meetings are for. Really have a designated team 
within the team that can work on getting that patient seated, taken care of, checked out and taken care of for the whole appointment. So it's little tips like that where you always, um, and it's little things, it's little things that people don't really think about, but how easy is it to find a checkout before you bring the patient up? It takes two minutes to walk up front. Who can get my patients? Hey, Penny, Lindsay's going to be checking you out today rather than Let's have a seat. Let's give you time to forget about what needs to be done. Let's give you time to think about not scheduling. Right. And then give you time to cool off. And then you're ready. Exactly. So super important is that pivot. I love that. I love that. There's great tips there as well. Well, it is so evident again about your, your passion and enthusiasm for this. And I couldn't agree more, right? There's, there's very little that costs a practice more than an empty chair and, mm-hmm. and dental team members know this, right? When your schedule's empty, usually the doctor is up front pacing around, making Absolutely. you nervous. Absolutely. Um, so we want them busy, uh, right? So that uh, I love what you talked about, about having them happy, right? We want them mm-hmm. happy at the office so they can be happier when they're not at the office. And uh, wh- how blessed we are to have you leading uh, the e-assist full schedule team. Uh, definitely you're, you're the right person to do it. You had the passion for it before you came to e-assist and we're just so blessed to have you. And thank you for sharing these wonderful tips. Again, I want to mention if you guys want to learn more about full schedule and how we can help assist you, uh, in getting your schedule full by finding a wonderful team member to help you do that virtually, uh, you can go to dentalbilling.com and look for the full schedule tab. So uh, any parting words from you today, Lindsay? Um, parting word, thank you so much, Penny, first and foremost. I would say parting words would be focus on your patients in the office. Make sure you continue to establish patient care through and through. Patient care is not just about treatment completed or treatment needed. It is about beginning to end. So from start to finish, just make sure you uh, make your patient a priority and they will make you one right back. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And for our audience, we thank you for tuning in. Take care until next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Growing Your Dental Business Show podcast. For resources and additional information, please visit growingyourdentalbusiness.com.